Dom Corries here. You ever done a psychometric test? Uh, Not in your line of work. You're a movie reviewer. When I applied for my first job at TVNZ, I did. <laughs> did you? I think they still do them there. Yeah. <laughs> did you quack, enjoy it? It's all quackery. You know? Well, I can put your question to Dave Wimberer. <laughs> ask him if it's all quackery. Um, I got the jobs. So. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe it works then. You're uh, clearly a valued employee. I know how to trick those. <laughs> <test names. laughs> I'll put that one to him as well. I'd love to know whether you can trick them. Um, Dom's uh, our movie reviewer and joins us from time to time to talk TV as well. Um, and we'll start with something which I don't think many people would regard as a highbrow choice, Dom. Below Deck Down Under, which recently began on Bravo. Yeah, this is uh, part of the venerable Below Deck franchise, which is a, a very successful franchise from Bravo, uh, who are mainly known for the Housewives shows. Uh, Below Deck is, takes place on the super yachts. Below Deck itself, the original show, started about eight or nine years ago, and there's been multiple spin-offs. The latest spin-off is Below Deck Down Under, filmed in Australia, notable for the involvement of Kiwi Asia Scott, who first showed up in Below Deck Med as a as a steward and is now the chief stew on Below Deck Down Under. The second season just started. I am utterly obsessed with this franchise. <laughs> and you're right, people are snobs about it. But in reality TV, there's a sense of, you know, that producers are manufacturing drama a lot of the time. Mm. If there's one place you do not need to manufacture drama, it's a boat. Right. Because stuff's always going down on a boat, you know. Someone's always getting in trouble on a boat. That's close quarters. People are always <laughs> being told off. You, wear, you take your shoes off. You know, there's just the captain's always yelling at someone. It's a little bit like the Big Brother house by design, right? Yeah. You're well, all trapped um, in an enclosed space. You can't go anywhere. Yeah, well, uh, one celebrity fan of Below Deck is Steven Soderbergh, the Oscar-winning filmmaker, who releases every year a list of all the films and TV shows he watches. And it's amazing how often Below Deck shows up on it. And he compared it to something that Stanley Milgram might have done. He was the guy behind that famous um, Stanford prison experiment mm -hmm. where certain people are designated certain hierarchical roles and then human nature just seeps out of everyone's pores and everyone goes nuts. <laughs> so there is this kind of upstairs, downstairs quality to Below right. Deck that I, that I love because it follows the people working on the boats but also paying customers. And in New Zealand, you know, there's not a lot of – everyone kind of knows someone or at least knows someone who knows someone who's worked on those super yachts. Yeah. And so that world is not hugely foreign to us. And But also the reason I wanted to talk about this particular one is because of Aisha. She's just so cool. She When she first showed up on Below Deck Med, uh, I just was so blown away by her <laughs> intense kiwiness amongst all the – silliness there's there's lots of british south africans and australians on it and americans most people on these shows love to escalate drama aisha always brings it down you know <laughs> she's got this uh, no bollocks kiwi sensibility that i just love her for and she's also filthy mouthed and a loose goose and and got a got a very strong personality but She's got this kind of common sense quality that you just almost never see in these shows. Love that. And that really shines through in this season. And, yeah, it is reality TV, and some people sort of get their heckles up about that. But uh, I can't look away. I think it's fantastic. She, I interviewed her briefly, and she was telling me that they – obviously they cast the people working on the boat for maximum TV enjoyment – are they also cast the passengers? Yeah. Well, it's an interesting format in that the passengers are paying 
customers. So they have a right to expect certain degree of service and, and, and can complain and stuff. But at the same time, they, they're paying to kind of go on a TV show and they know that that's part of it. And so, yeah, it's all about sort of creating the right dynamic. Some of the customers are awful and that's entertaining to watch. Some of the staff are awful and that's very entertaining to watch. Someone usually gets fired throughout the season. Really? Uh, you can see that some people have been cast because the producers know they're going to be useless <laughs> and get fired. And these charters that occur, even though they are paying customers, they basically are charters set up for the purposes of the TV show. So it's not like there, there's going to be real consequences <laughs> to these people, you know, dissing the passengers below deck. But uh, I don't know, watching people do laundry on a boat, I don't know why it's so captivating. <laughs> it doesn't sound captivating. It, it, it really believe. is. There's, there's also the food is a big part of this. Yeah. The chef is always a big character. And, you know, chefs, they're all mental, so that always helps. And But they, they they make a big deal about the food, and so there's a little bit of top chef in there if you enjoy. I mean, some of the chefs are terrible, but um, there's a food element to it. There's a... She, she, yeah, chefs are, um, I guess, to put it more subtly, they're a combination of um, the perfectionists, got a bit of ego, their job has a lot of stress and all those things yeah. combined. They're not, they're not often a... A subtle personality, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but this current season is there's been heaps of ups and downs so far. The the captain of the Below Deck Down Under is this Australian guy. He's super chilled out as well. Him and Asia have this great dynamic, and um, some pretty serious stuff actually goes down this season. hasn't aired in New Zealand yet, but once again, Asia shows herself to be this wonderful, um, you know, beacon of good sense amongst reality show craziness. If you've ever, you know. Consider dipping into a show like this, what they call an observational reality series. Yeah. Below Deck is the way to go. I never thought I'd be a Bravo guy. I can't quite get on board with those Housewives show, but I will lap up every second of Below Deck. And Below Deck Down Under Season 2, which has just started on Bravo NZ, is, is one of the best. Does it make you want to travel the world on a super yacht? Not really. No. Uh, but... There's, there's a fun um, seafaring aspect to it. Each franchise takes place in a different place, and sometimes they're doing cool stuff. There was one even that took place in, in Norway, where it was all sort of winter mm -hmm. uh, adventure stuff. Um, there is a, um, you know, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous-esque appeal to seeing some of these luxury activities that people do. But as I said, in New Zealand, you know, it's uh, access to a boat isn't as, as class-based as it is in other parts of the world. We just sort of anyone anyone can kind of get on a boat yeah, yeah, here, yeah. you know. So. <laughs> uh, that's below deck, down under. Dom Corey is our TV reviewer. He's also been uh, watching the Traders, which just started on three huge international franchise. Yeah, more of a structured reality show is the is the I think there's the designation in the Emmys. Uh, this is a, a huge format that has been very successful in America, Australia, England. And they've finally, finally done a new one. Yeah, it started in the Netherlands, like like all all the best reality show formats. And uh, if you've ever played a game called Mafia as a kid, or Werewolf as it's sometimes known, mm -hmm. it's a fun party game, and it's basically a reality show structured around that. What I'm enjoying about this is that the people they've cast in this version of it for New Zealand, it's mostly familiar faces and yeah. a few people you don't know. It's just a great environment for the sort of the odd 
odd aspects of the New Zealand sensibility to shine through. The idea is that in this group of people, there are three traitors who get to murder people. And so the whole nature of the game is everyone trying to guess who the traitors are and then voting them out. And so it's all mind games. It's all just sort of lying and interrogation and thinking. Certain people are doing things when they're not. About how, I mean, I find it very entertaining. I think it's been cast really well. But in terms of the format itself, if you go beyond just the, the, the beer entertainment factor, they have to do these tasks every episode, which add to the kitty of the prize pool mm-hmm. that they're going to win. And I, and I find the tasks to be a bit pointless and kind of busy work. There's no real consequences to them losing or winning those tasks. No one gets an advantage from winning those tasks. It's just, oh, we've got more money, we've got less money. I almost wish they'd just let them just hang out and just see mm-hmm. kind of the uh, those subtle interrogations that happen. And, you know, the New Zealand passive sensibility is put to the test in this environment. And it's I'm finding it quite interesting. It's only two episodes in, but as far as, you know, a local version of an international format, um, they've done quite a good job here. Yeah. The production values are nice. It's well-directed. It looks good. And and as I said, you know, all reality shows really come down to the casting, and I think they've nailed that here. Yeah, my mum my was hooked after episode one. I would never have expected her to watch it. She says it's just it was super compelling. Um, Paul Henry's a very watchable TV presenter, of course, and a lot of people sort of dip in to see what he's up to. Yeah, I I find his his trolley hosting a little bit um, arch here, but you're right. He he he's, he knows what he's doing, and he's and it's and again, it's good casting having him in there, and he gets to be a sort of play up his. I'm a jerk persona a bit. Mm. Uh, that's The Traders on three. And then Mrs. Davis, which I haven't come across before, just went live on Neon. Yeah, this is a new show from Damon Lindelof, who was the main creative force behind Lost, The Leftovers, and Watchmen, one of the more prominent and successful TV writers of the last few decades. And he's got a, he's got a style of storytelling that you can see throughout all the shows he's been involved in. And Mrs. Davis is almost him taking the mickey out of himself. It's a very high concept sort of sci-fi adventure thing set in a world where, set in 2023, where humanity is ruled by this AI known as Mrs. Davis that has eliminated poverty. If you want to work, you can. and But people get assigned these quests by Mrs. Davis, and if you complete a quest, you get these wings that people can see through uh, augmented reality. And so it has a lot to say about social media and yeah. blue checks and stuff like that. And right. just it's it's as much about that as it is this crazy, weird, um, holy grail adjacent story that just keeps surprising me. I'm, I Damon Lindelof loves dropping you into certain scenarios. And he anticipates exactly what you're expecting to happen and then subverts it. And I respect that. The lead is Betty Gilpin, who came to prominence in the show Glow. She plays a nun who's, who's ostensibly trying to track down the Holy Grail, but she has personal issues with Mrs. Davis. But Mrs. Davis is constantly sending people to try and contact with her, and she doesn't want to have anything to do with her. It's quite a hard show to describe, and I'm three episodes in, and all three of them 
very different to each other and it keeps kind of pulling the rug out from itself but I'm having a wonderful time watching it and it's just great Damon Lindelof's shows are usually so tormented and self-serious and this is him chilling out a little bit and I really loved it yeah great and and perfect for someone who likes something a bit different something that will keep them guessing it's definitely a bit different and I strongly recommend checking it out um where would we know Betty Gilpin from she she well she her main role so far was in Glow uh, which was the Netflix show about the female wrestlers. Yeah, right, yeah. And she was in a show, a movie called The Hunt. She showed up a few other places. She, frankly, should be a bigger star. Mm. She's amazing. She's very funny in this. She's got amazing timing. Few other uh, recognizable actors show up, but she's very much the star. And she does all sorts of strange things in this show, and I cannot wait to see where it goes. Has it had much press? Is it, um, are people watching it? Well, it's maybe a victim of Peak TV. It was a (laughs) Peacock thing in America, so a streaming show in America, and it came out there maybe three or four months ago. Uh, Took its time coming down here. I believe all the eps are up on Neon Now, and a little bit lost in the fray, yeah, but a lot of good shows are, Yeah, and that's what I wanted to highlight. Thank you, Dom Corey. Mrs. Davis. He's also been talking about The Traders and Below Deck Down Under. Which that title's not helping, is it, Mrs. Davis? It sounds so boring. <laughs> yeah, but when you find out that she's an AI who's running everything, it kind of it's like Alexa, you know, it sort of totally. makes sense. Below Deck Down Under, which has another celebrity fan, Wallace Chapman, from the panel. Oh, very good. Or so I'm told. I'll have to talk to him about it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Jesse. <laughs>